This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Welcome to this week's edition of The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. On the show tonight, we catch up with Rod Millman down at Colupton on news of his latest runners. We talk to Tom Ward at Lambourne. And we also catch up with Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne and Colin Brown, the tipster extraordinaire. And we hear Luke Harvey's recollections of how he first got on a horse back when he was around three or four years old. So settle back and let's catch up with all the news with Mike Patton. Hello and welcome to all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. And here's our first story of the day. A London-based Betfair punter is now a millionaire after landing a staggering 90,396-to-1 six-fold golf and football accumulator. The punter, who staked £11.50 on the accumulator, entered Sunday evening with five winning selections but was made to endure an eight-hole playoff in the final round of the Travellers' Championship before Harris English sank a 20-foot putt to secure victory. The five winning selections prior to Harry English's PGA Tour success included two bets in the Euro 2020 group stages. That's England to beat the Czech Republic and Croatia to beat Scotland. Along with those football selections, the punter also correctly picked Steve Stricker to win the Bridgestone Senior Players Championship, Nelly Corder to win the KPMG Women's PGA Championship and Victor Hovland to win the BMW International Open. Now, the winning accumulator looked a little bit like this. Uh, Croatia to beat Scotland, 7-5. England to beat the Czech Republic, 11-20. Steve Stryker to win the Bridgestone Senior Players' Championship at 5-1. Nelly Corder to win KPMG Women's PGA Championship was 14-1. Victor Hovland to win the BMW International Open was 13-2. And Harris English to win the Travellers' Championship was at 35-1. That gave a combined odds of 90,396 to 1, with a stake of £11.50, gave him winnings, wait for it, of £1,039,554. Now, the punter who wishes to remain anonymous, funnily enough, said, I thought I was going to have a heart attack when the winning putt went in. I couldn't believe it. He added, I enjoyed watching the football, so I included a couple of Euros matches, and I watched quite a lot of golf. 
I was sure that Hovland, Corder and Stricker were good bets, but I was a little unsure on Harris English. When he won the playoff, I was very relieved. I thought he had lost it after some wayward tee shots on the 18th hole. Asked about what he plans to do with his winnings, he said, I think I'm going to take a couple of months off work to take my partner travelling. I like playing golf too, and I'd like to take some friends to the USA to play TPC Sawgrass. Betfair spokesperson Barry Orr offered his congratulations to the punter and confirmed the firm was offering to support him handle his big win. Or said, we've been in touch to help with his withdrawal and to deliver his big win education, where we discuss the importance of controlling play, applying safer gambling tools and coming to terms with a sum like £1 million. And on to horse racing. Michael Nolan has been left with broken bones in his back and ribs following a fall at Southall on Monday. The rider suffered his injuries when he came down aboard Ard Bruce at the second fence in the two-mile handicap chase at one o'clock. There was a lengthy delay as he was treated before he was taken to hospital in nearby Nottingham and will undergo surgery. Nolan is conscious and was able to provide an update on his Twitter account on Monday evening when he confirmed he had fractured his T5 and T6 vertebrae in the centre of his spine, along with broken ribs. Ard Bruce's trainer Seamus Mullin spoke to Nolan on Tuesday morning and reports of the jockey to be in good spirits. He said... He's had a stable fracture, so he's going to have an operation to stabilise that, but there's no nerve damage or spine damage. Also, the chest pain he was having was due to a fracture of the uppermost rib, but thankfully the sternum is all in one place. So that'll sort itself out, but they're always very painful. The long-term prognosis is very good. I had a chat with him this morning, and he's in good spirits and grateful for all the concern everyone's showing. He should be out in a couple of days after the operation, then a few days recuperation. I'd have thought he'd be released by the weekend, adding, I know it's an old cliche, but if there's ever a time to have an injury as a jump jockey, now is the time. There are plenty of lads who've had similar injuries who are back riding. Nolan has ridden five winners in the early part of the season, although only a month ago his car was stolen when riding at Market Raisin. Now next up today, William Buick continued his blistering run of form with a treble, including taking a success aboard Cote Beauty in the five furlong novice stakes. Always towards the head of the field, the two-year-old filly cut through the soft ground in taking fashion, with Buick nudging her out inside the final furlong for victory by two and a half lengths. She's a strong and very well-made filly, Buick told Sky Sports Racing. She's improved for her first run and the ground was testing, but she handled it pretty well. Buick followed that success with further victories aboard the Robert Cowell train Faustus in the 5 furlong handicap and 6-12 who ran out an impressive winner of Division 1 of the 7 furlong handicap. Buick has now ridden 15 winners in the last two weeks with his last triumph here bringing up 50 for the season and extending his lead atop the Jockeys' championship standings. The rider was seven winners clear of Icy Murphy on 43 before the start of Windsor's evening meeting. And our next story starts with a headline. Louisa cuts through mud. A pre-race deluge did nothing to affect the prospects of Luisa Casati, who proved far too good for her four rivals in the one-mile two-furlong Phillies novice. Just minutes before the second race on the card, Lingfield was on the end of a torrential downpour, which led to an easing of the ground from good to soft to soft all over. 
Winning rider Hector Crouch, who celebrated his first win at Royal Ascot with Surefire in the King George V handicap, told Sky Sports Racing, The race cut up plenty, but she travelled well and showed a likeable attitude. And finally on our little roundup of news, Aidan O'Brien has outlined plans for his crack middle distance team for the remainder of the season, with superstar filly Love a possible for the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Kipco Stakes at Ascot next month. Love returned from a 300-day layoff to win the Group 1 Prince of Wales Stakes at Royal Ascot this month and could return to the same course over two furlongs further on July the 24th. The Galileo filly was one of the stories of last season, winning the Thousand Guineas, the Oaks and the Yorkshire Oaks before soft ground ruled her out of the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. O'Brien said, It's not decided yet, but the King George is a possible for love. She hasn't done much since the Prince of Wales stakes, but seems to be fine. We were very happy with her going to Ascot, and we were delighted with her first start as a four-year-old. O'Brien's ammunition in the middle distance division is plentiful, and Snowfall will be kept in Ireland for her next engagement after a 16-length demolition of her Oaks rivals at Epsom. High Definition, who disappointed when sent off 9-4 favourite for the Irish Derby at the Carrar on Saturday, will be rested before a possible return to action at York's EBA meeting. O'Brien added, Snowfall hasn't gone into full training yet, but we're looking at the Irish Oaks for her on July the 17th. We think we'll give High Definition a break, and he'll either start back at the Great Voltigeur Stakes on August the 18th, or in an ARC trial. That's it from the Racing News. Thanks for listening. Well, that was all the news with Mike Padden. Now it's time to find out where we can go racing this weekend. Well, first to the post, it's Leicester, where there are seven races on the flat with a one o'clock start. There are eight races on the flat at Sandown with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Nass in Ireland with a 1.20 start. Seven races on the flat at uh, Haydock with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at Beverley with a 2.17 start. Seven races over the jumps at Bell Worcestown in Ireland and six races on the flat at Carlisle with a 6.20 start and is also racing in Prairie Meadows in the USA, Grayville in South Africa and Delaware Park in America. That's the weekend's fixtures sorted out. Now it's time to catch up with Rod Millman down at Columpton. So far to date we've managed to get two of the ITV uh, racing presenters onto the show. That's Ollie Bell and Bruff Scott and... We've managed to get a third one now, uh, and that's Luke Harvey. Uh, Luke Harvey joined me for, for an in-conversation session, which you can hear in its entirety uh, next week. But in the meantime, this is what Luke had to say when it came to how he first started riding horses. Luke, I want to go back, read really, to when you, you know, when did you, what's your first recollection of getting on a horse? Well, um, I originally come from Devon, a um, place called Bampton, which is sort of between Exeter and Taunton. Mm-hmm. and I'm the eldest of seven, believe it or not. Um, and we, we, we had a very small farm. Unfortunately, mother and father both passed away, but we had a small farm, and Dad was probably the worst farmer there ever was. Um, and we had sort of bullocks and sheep and what have you, and then we started having a pony or two. Um, and then mum, mum and Dad both rode, but you know, nothing to do with racing or what have you. So... <laughs> As kids, you either sort of rode or you got 
left at home, really. <laughs> so everyone, everyone learned to ride. So although my brothers and sisters, no one else has, has carried on riding horses. Um, we all rode as children. Um, not, not, not good, expensive ponies. They were normally bought from extra market and always had some sort of kink about them and would rear or buck or do whatever. But that, that's how, that's how my, my love started for horses. I, was, I sort of got traipsed around all the local shows, went hunting um, down in Devon and sort of learned to ride it, you know, make a mistake, fall off, then learn by your errors rather than having an instructor telling you to sit straight, keep your back straight and your heels down. So it was a, it was a, you know, a rough and ready start, if you like. How old would you have been at that point then, uh, Luke? Oh, I rode. I rode from. Look, I rode from probably when I was three, four, five. You know, mum, 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 mum kept a diary, um, and when I was seven, I'd written in this diary that all I ever wanted to do was be a jockey, um, and so my literally my whole life was geared around that. That's my excuse. That's just that's just sort of. Uh, um, code for saying that I didn't do very well at school because I always had an <laughs> ulterior motive. <laughs> you and I have got a few things in common because I didn't either. <laughs> GCSEs, what are they? Um... Oh, I no, I didn't. I mean, literally, the only the only qualifications that I've got, I've got my Pony Club B test and about a 25 metres breaststroke badge. That's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's one better than me because I haven't got a breaststroke badge. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sink like a stone. Well, there you go. That was Luke Harvey and his memories of his first time riding on ponies when he was a nipper down in Devon. Great stuff. And if you want to hear the whole interview, uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page where there'll be details of when it's on next week. Probably Monday night. Monday night's racing at Bath saw a bit of a turn up for the book when our friend Colin Tizard had a winner on the flat. So I thought we'd better find out exactly what's going on. Is Colin changing track at this late stage in his career or is it just a few one-offs that he's got in the yard? Here's what he had to say. Well, good afternoon, Colin. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, is this a, a career change midstream for you or are we going to be doing lots of flat racing from now on? Well, not at all. Just one of our owners um, um, had three flat horses in the... the trainer passed on unfortunately and uh, so they sent him down to us and see what we can make of them this summer okay. and then with a with, with view of possibly hurdling them in, in the autumn and um, the first one went and won so it was a very exciting evening actually um, Yeah, lovely, lovely and good jockey on board as well and you know, everybody was happy I would imagine well yeah, every every jockey looks good when they win don't they But uh, yeah, that's true enough. Tom Marquardt seems, seems a very nice young man and um, we were lucky to get him to ride for us. Tell me, Colin, how, how? I mean, obviously you haven't got many flat flat runners in the yard. How do you train them if you can't run them up against other flat horses to see whether they're any good or not? Is it a question of timing well, them or what? Isn't it, yeah, the amazing, the most amazing thing was that they made him favourite the first run for us. Yeah. No, we didn't know. You know, we didn't know he 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 was making you know he's making a noise when he's breathing, mm-hmm. so we put the tongue tie on and um, actually my grandson rode him without the tongue tie on and with the tongue tie on and the noise disappeared. Right. So um, it just helped his breathing a lot and that was significant. Yeah. You know, changed the stables. You know, he was in the right race and. Mm. Um, 
We don't know. I wouldn't if he finished fourth or fifth. I would have been happy. Yeah. So I don't know about the batting side of it, but um, horse looked fit and well and changed the stable. You know, there's always work before. Well, worked on occasions before, hasn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah. Just lovely, lovely to get a winner. And, and two more out tonight. Um, with the greatest respect to the horses, they don't look quite as, as hot as the uh, the one yesterday. No, but they would work as well as. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I say, you ask me, do we know? No, we don't know. We mm. just we've had them a month and we worked them hard, and we've, we, the idea was to run them and to see whether we stayed on the flat for a couple of months or ran them in some novice hurdles now. Yeah. So that the one last night, you know, he stay on the flat until. Andy Capper catches up one, then he can go hurdling and uh, the two tonight. Um, you know, one's a lot bigger horse. It was just we, we'll find out what they're like. They're mm, mm. they're they're outside in the betting. Well, that's nothing. To, we don't have nothing to do with uh, how the betting works. Other no. people are forming that opinion, aren't they? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, quite. Um, quite. There's not a lot of difference with them at home, but there must be a lot of difference in their past form. Mm, mm. No, well, if it, you know, if you, you obviously you've obviously seen them up against each other, so you know. Um, I should be keeping an eye. I shan't be backing them, though. That's for sure. What, no, I wouldn't. I'd be just watching and see yeah. what, what's what's going on. Yeah. What um, what about the rest of the stable and the, and the, the, the sort of summer jump jump horses? How are they going? Well, we had a, we won that big plate, didn't we, on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, that new Toxeter was Storm Home. It was a sixty thousand pound race. You know, that's the biggest race of the summer. So we're we're you know really happy with how things are going at the moment. Um, horses, all the ones we we're running, seem to be running right up to their best and improving. Mm-hmm. And um, we you know they were getting ready as we speak for you know to get. A big percentage of the horses in next week for the winter game in October. So yeah. everyone's staff got their holidays and had their their breaks, and now now coming back next week, ready for next Monday, and all starts again, really. Mm. So it's all getting busy. How's Joe getting on with his exams and what have you? Yeah, he's done one module, and um, he's doing more more to the training side uh, you know i'm doing exactly the same as i ever have and uh you know, joe would take over someone in october i'd say he's got two more modules to do yeah that he's his name would be on the board but that that will be probably the most significant thing will be his name on the top but the rest of it we we work as a team so hmm. um it just it means i can i haven't got to be 100% on it all the time. Joe can do the 100%. I can yeah. go around and pick out the pieces. Yeah. Well, you better you better get that tongue tie organised then, because next time I come over, we'll see if it works for me as well then, OK? Yeah. <laughs> yeah very good. OK. <laughs> all right, Colin. Thanks very much for that. Anyway, we'll speak Bye. to you again soon. Thank you. Well, there you go. Direct from the man himself, Colin Tizard. So let's see how they get on when they run at Bath. Now it's time to go further down the A30 towards the Compton area and catch up with Rod Millman. Well, good afternoon, Rod. I've got to catch you in the car, have I, on the way to Newbury? Well, we're in the horse box, actually. All My right. My son's driving me up today. Yeah, oh, well, that's OK then. And uh, got a few runners to say at, at Newbury. What what chances have they got? Uh, well, 
Crazy Luck would obviously be the best chance today. She's one of the favourites. Chester, yeah. um, I'm sure. Um, should run a good race. Um, she, like I said, she's got Oshie Murphy riding her. Yeah. And um, we'll be hopeful of a good run. But, you know, it's a race and nothing's ever, nothing's ever a certainty. No, that's right. That's right. And what, what about the other two? Well, the other two that uh, both horses are winners this year. Um, Mountain Ash, he won on soft ground a poor race at Wingfield. And then, unfortunately, this is dried right out and he ran over seven furlongs next time and didn't run very well at all. And we thought he was a little bit um, green, so we've put a pair of cheap pieces on him today. Yeah. And he's tackling a mile on on good to soft ground. The ground should be fine for him, but mm-hmm. the race is a higher grade than he's running before. So don't get so carried away, bigger, you know? <laughs> Yeah, don't get but, carried um, away. Sonic Flyer is a nice filly. Yeah. All her form at the moment is over six furlongs. Um, she's crying out for an extra furlong, seven furlongs, but whether she sees the mile out today... I hope she does and move on today. Well, well, having two in the same race isn't ideal, but um, the trouble is the conditions suit both horses, and um, so they've, they've had to take each other on, which is a bit of a shame, but sometimes there's not enough races that you can keep the horses apart. I mean, it must be very hard for the trainers with 100-plus horses, yeah. because uh, we've only got sort of 35, 36, and it's hard enough for me to keep them apart. Yeah. So... Um, I think I think a lot of the horses in the big yards probably don't get the opportunity to race when they should do, you know? Mm, quite. Um, but, I mean, what about from the owner's point of view? Do, do, do they ever get funny about it? or do you? Oh, yes, yes, it can be. It's it's um, it's not advisable. If it, it, It's better to avoid it if, if you can, you know? Yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes it's unavoidable. Mm. Um, if it's a big race, sometimes, you know, you've got to take each other on. But the trouble is um, both horses like a bit of cut in the ground, which they've got tonight. And so it was too good an opportunity to miss for, for both of them, you know? Yeah, quite. And I suppose, you know, if one of them does win, well, at least one, one owner's happy if the other one isn't. Well, the other the other one usually says, uh, I'd prefer it to be first and third, not first and second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. But interesting, last week you, you had um, a second, uh, and I was talking to a, a colleague of yours, obviously, Colin Tizard beat you. He was yes, he did. He did. He was surprised, to say the least. Yeah, no, he did ever so well. Um, uh, no, I mean, you know, it's um, he he he'd inherited a horse from another trainer. Yeah. And a change of scenery obviously did it good, you know. Yeah, well, he he had uh, three altogether, and he two two others ran yesterday at Bath. Um, they did. How did they, how did they go? They did gain the frame, but I think one of them was maybe fifth. I, I just don't, you know, they never tell you once you get past a certain point, do they? But I, I think one no. of them might might well have been fifth, and the other one probably seventh or eighth. So, um, right. You know, they, they, oh, typical, 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 the good one beat mine. <laughs> I know it's typical, isn't it? Sod's not, I suppose, but uh, yeah, I think he was as surprised as, as 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 anybody. It, you know, it was it, it was back then to favourite mine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, of course you had Tom. So I don't think I don't think I don't think it was quite such a surprise. He's, he's make say probably. Well, possibly not, but I mean, I think it, you know, obviously it was the first time they'd run it. So, uh, but it, yeah. yeah, I mean, they must have had an inkling. I mean, Tom Marquand on board, I suppose, as well. Um, well, obviously, but you know, I mean, uh, Tom Tom's a very good jockey, and um, if you ask him to ride it. Obviously, the form was there for it to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because otherwise, the jockey, the jockey's agent wouldn't have taken it, you know. Yeah. Um, what about the two you've got over the weekend, uh, Rod? Are they, are they looking promising? Um, well, we've got Mercury in the Lambert Riders race at Sandown. 
he's he's a nice horse. He always runs his race. Should be thereabouts. Mm. And then we've got on, on the ragged that goes to Sandown on Saturday. Uh, quite a valuable race, twenty-five thousand pound race. Um, only nine runners, competitive, but he, he could run a good race at a good price. Good. Okay. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for them anyway. And obviously, best of luck today. Um, got a fair way to go yet? Have you? T- what time do you have to get to? Link? Uh, uh, no, we're not too bad. We're we're sort of. Hour and a half, I suppose. Not too bad. Today. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, then, Rob. Well, look, thanks ever so much for catching up with us again, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. And best of luck today and on the on the weekend. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cheers. Thanks, Rob. Goodbye. Cheers, then. Bye bye. Well, that was Rod Milburn in the horse box on the way up to Newbury, and now we're going to catch up with Tom Ward over at Lambourne. Tom, thanks very much for joining us on the show. Sorry we've missed you for a couple of weeks, but that's my fault, not yours. Um, uh, I see we had a winner, sneaked in a winner last week. Uh, where's he gone? Luisa Cassati? Yeah, had a nice winner at Lingfield, yeah. So that was a good, good start to the week. Um, and then a nice second at Windsor as well the same day. So no, they're in, they're in good form. Yeah, yeah. And um, what about over the weekend? Uh, you've got horses, I see, well... Uh, today you've got two. How are they doing? Well, have you heard three twenty? Now that hasn't run yet, so you won't know for a bit. You're not with them, then, are you? Yeah, or I mean, are you hopefully you... they're both free. Yeah, I mean, the, the three twenty horse should run well, and and the um, and the other horse needs, needs to come back and run better than he did last time. Cause it's yeah. a bit disappointing last time, but he's in good form. But you haven't actually gone uh, up to Haydock then yourself. I'm not at Haydock now. No, 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 I'm at home. I'm going to go to Newbridge tonight. Okay, and um, I was with. Rod Millman's got some. I was just talking to him, so you'll probably bump into him up there anyway, sort of thing. So, oh, cool. So, okay. so, but weekend-wise, which is obviously our listeners are more concerned with the weekend. You've got four up to go uh, at the weekend. Uh, we'll see two at Haydock, one at Sandown, and one at not, no three, not four, three. Two at Haydock, yeah, three, one yeah, at three on Saturday. Exactly. So, um, so got... Tintoretto, how does he look? Yeah, look, he's in great form. He won last time out at Goodwood. Um, Trackle suits him. He's got blinkers back on. Uh, he's got a nice draw. Um, I think he'd be going close. Um, again, like I say, he's in very good form at home. The ground should be ideal. So it's a competitive race on paper, but he's got a good chance, and I hope he can run well. Yeah. And Lady Dollars? Uh, Lady Dollars needs to sort of find a bit. She's a little bit lacking at the moment. But the step up and trip and the drop back into nursery should suit. Um, but like I say, she needs to sort of um, start to pull her finger out a bit and yeah. And race a bit better, but she's 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 she ran very well first time and hasn't quite put that to get back together yet. But one day she will, and I'm sure once she's got it all well, once she's got everything going out and falling her right way, she'll run well. And then the one at Nottingham, uh, sorry, not Nottingham, Sandown, Farasi Lane. What about him? Uh, yeah, look, he's in great form. He ran a really good race at uh, Newmarket last time. I've added the cheek pieces on, the stiffer test over seven should suit. Uh, he's got a good jockey in the saddle, a nice draw. So yeah, everything looks pretty positive for him, and I'd be hopeful of another big run from him. He's a nice horse going forward. He uh, he seems to be improving all the time, and I'm hoping we can uh, try and run very well on a big day at Sandown. Tell me, from 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 your experience, the horses that you've got, I mean, do you find that um, you know when a horse runs well on all weather, he's going to stay to all weather for the rest of the season, or do you like to mix and match with the with the turf or what? You get the odd horse that the odd horse that wants it uh, strictly uh, the all weather or strictly the turf, but most horses you can run on both, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it all, it all depends mainly on what race, what uh, class or conditions of race there is for each horse. It's just trying to find the best possible uh, possible 
race that fits the horse's profile. Yeah, and and was the winner at uh, at Lingfield? Was that all weather or was that um, turf? And that was on the turf actually, on the soft ground. But yeah. she loved that ground as well. She really enjoyed it. We had a lot of rain, obviously, over Sunday night. So she um, she loved it and ran. And obviously, I was going in there pretty hopeful that she'd run very well. Five length winner, so it was quite a quite a convincing win as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, she did it well. She's a smart filly. Hopefully, going forward. Good. Okay then, Tom. Well, look. Thanks for that. Um, hope no you problem. have a good have, have a good few days. Let's hope some winners come along, and we'll take it from there. Perfect. No, thank you. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Well, that was Tom Ward up at uh, Lambourne, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson over at Harlequin Racing. Well, good morning, Dave. Nice sunny day. What have you got for us today, then? Yeah, we've got a couple of haydock races to have a look at and a few from Sandown with a big meeting on there tomorrow. So, okay. Uh, first of all, a few things that we go over looking for the horse racing tips that we give is the stats and uh, I'll just give you some stats that are available for jockeys up at haydock on Saturday. Hayley Turner, she's had 51 rides there, 10 winners, which is a 19.6% strike rate. But if you had a pound on each one of her 51 rides, you'd be winning £47.80. Mm. Uh, Interesting. To point out. Well, we know yeah, you've got a soft um, spot for Hayley. Well, yeah, when the stats are there, it's also something that we uh, have a little <laughs> look at. And uh, another thing to note there, one of the other jockeys that's riding there, David Nolan, he's had uh, 55 rides without a winner. <laughs> so, uh, well, Laura Ravage <laughs> says he'd better get on him then. <laughs> Yeah, he's due, he's due a winner, but uh, I wouldn't like to be on it. But no. likewise, with the trainers as well, John Gosden, he's had, in his, his last 90 runs, he's had 20 winners, which is also a 22% strike rate. And if you'd had a pound on each one of John Gosden's horses, you should be winning £60.77. Mm, right, interesting, so, interesting. Yeah, so, and on the other front, if you back one of Ollie Pears' his last 49 runners, you'd you'd be down £49 because you had a winner in 49 yeah so uh, it's just things like that that we look at see which stables are hot which jockeys are riding in the best of their form and yeah. things like that yeah uh, little things for the people to have a look at so anyway we'll have a look at Haydock first of all and we're going in with a 240 race the Lancashire Oaks and in this race, we like the horse called Mystery Angel. Going to be ridden by Ben Curtis and trained by George Boffey. Currently priced up around about 11 to 2 with Bet365. Uh, carrying a very light weight, only carrying 8 stone 7 in this race because it gets a nice 12 pound age allowance because it's over a mile and mile and a half race. So it gets 12 pounds taken off its back for being a youngster. Now, Mystery Angel finished second in the Epsom Oaks although she was beaten 16 lengths behind Snowfall, who won it by a country mile that day. But two of the other horses that was in that race that was behind Mystery Angel both come out and reproduced some very good form. So not dismissing the 16-length win of Snowfall, but obviously it won and everything went right for Snowfall that day and the rest of the runners have actually run the form since as well. Yeah. So in the, in the 240, the Lancashire Oaks, we're going to go with Mystery Angel for a small each-way bet there. So, tickle on that one. Uh, moving down the card, Haydock 425, a horse called 5,000 to 1. Going to be ridden by Sylvester D'Souza and trained by Andrew Baldwin. Uh, had run one, has one run since his two-year-old campaign, and that was in the Commonwealth at Royal Ascot. And he'd been off for 251 days, and he, he didn't run a very good race at all that day. 
But moving from a two-year-old to a three-year-old in a big race like that, I can, I'm just going to put a pen through that line of form. Previous to that, on the debut, he, he, he was second, beating three-quarters of a length to a horse called Bahrain Pride. And Bahrain Pride's come out and won a class one listed since then. And he's rated about 103. Now, 5,000 to one, one, one on the all-weather surface up at Newcastle very easily and then went on to finish second in the middle reef to Alchemate and was beaten three-quarters of length that day and then run seventh in the Dewhurst over seven furlongs, which is a Class 1 Group 1 race. Now, he's dropping dropping down in class into this race and uh, I would say that very, very much in with his old form he'll, he'll win this easily, but he also gets a weight allowance here off of his handicap mark is £5 well in and he gets £6 age allowance so basically he's £11 well in yeah. so but obviously he gets his weight allowance off of his age for being a three year old against the older horses so that's why he gets it but he's priced up around about 5 to 4 at the moment but getting £11 I I think he personally should, he'll end up odds on but he's going to be the day's bank about 5000 to 1 at Haydock in uh, 425 race there. Okay. Moving over to the card at Sandown, and we're going to have a look at the 150 race first of all, the Coral Charge. It's class one, group three, and the horse we like here is Stone of Destiny. O'Shea Murphy takes a ride for Andrew Baldwin. Now, last time out, he was beaten about four lengths. And in that race, Arsley Bow, who's the favourite for this at three to one was a length and a quarter behind Oxted. So like with two and three quarter lengths or two and a quarter lengths behind Arcebo in the race. But the thing to note is he's getting a three pound weight pull for that run where Oxted beat him and the form's standing up very well. So uh we're gonna go with Stone of Destiny in this one's getting the three pound there and he's had one run over the trip at Sandown where he came second to a horse called Blue de Vega who was in a purple patch at that time so at the moment Stone of Destiny is showing 14 to 1 with Ladbrokes and uh, going to be well worth having an each way bet there considering uh, the weight difference between him and Arcebo and Arcebo is actually 3 to 1 favourite for this so it will be very close between the two of them on form and weight pulls so 14 to 1 looks a better option than a 3 to 1 shot so yeah. sand down 150 stone of destiny ok moving down to sand down 225 race horse uh, we had a couple of bets on last year and he duly obliged for us horse called plant a dream uh, it's going to be ridden by Martin Dwyer and he's trained by John Best uh He's a lightly raised six-year-old and he's won three times and been placed six times in the 14 runs he's had to date. So only having 14 races as a six-year-old, as I say, he's very lightly raced. And it's only five occasions it is not finished in the first three. Now, he won a big big handicap off of a handicap mark of 89 at Ascot in a class three. And he's been running very well off of a handicap mark in 96, which was only four runs back. Now, he's managed to get dropped down to a handicap mark of 90, so he's only a, a pound higher than what he won off of a uh, very nice handicap there. And last time out, he ran a very good race behind Corzan Espinoda at Epsom. Now, Corzan Espinoda is a very, very specialist horse for Epsom. He's had nine races there and won four of them. So it's not a bad line form to have a look at. And in that race, 
plant the dream is very slow away and uh, he almost got up to finish second so it's uh, one of them things and again he's only carrying eight stone five in this race so he's got absolutely nothing on his back and he's he is again priced up at 14 to one with bet victors who are playing four places on the race he's also 14 to one with bet three six five but they're only playing three okay so just check your each way turn now so, plant a dream in the 225. Right. Moving down to Sandown, 3 o'clock, Distaff uh, race, class one listed race for fillies. Horse here we're going with is Statement. Ryan Moore and Martin Mead. He's had three runs this year, and uh, he came second to a horse called Alcohol Free and was only beaten a short head, and Alcohol Free has come out and won the Coronation Stakes or Alaska at Class 1, Group 1, over seven furlongs. And then he, then he ran eighth. He got beaten six lengths in the 1,000... She got beat six lengths in the 1,000 guineas behind Mother Earth. And then she ran third in the Princess Elizabeth over a, a, in a race at Epsom in a, over a mile, and dropping into Listic Company for her form is uh, certainly good enough for the, what she's got there, like only being a short head behind the Commonwealth winner and ending up in a listed race now. She's certainly got the form there. She's priced up at 9-4, and uh, I'd say she'd be well worth having a nice bet on now. Right, yeah. Moving down to the big race of the day, the Sandown 3.35 Coral Eclipse, and a horse that we're going to be siding with is Mishriff, uh, priced up at 6-4, to four. going to be ridden by David Egan and trained by John Gosden. As we said earlier, John Gosden's uh, got a very good strike rate going at the moment, and his, his horses are actually on fire. Uh, now, the form that we've got to look at in this one, Mishriff last time out won the Dubai SEMA Classic, which is a Class 1 Group 1 beating some of the best horses from all around the world. Uh, Adib, uh, William Haggis's horse, is coming back after winning a Class 1 Group 1 out in Australia. And St. Mark's Basilica uh, is coming back from winning the uh, Prix de Jockey Club out in France. So you've got three international superstars all in this race and uh, the fourth horse in the race is El Drama who seems to be a bit outclassed by these three but as I say Mishrif priced up at 6 to 4 is going to be our selection it's dropping back from uh, mile 4 back to uh, mile 2 and I think it'll suit him a lot better so uh, we're going to go go with him there and he's got a good turn of foot and as I say like the other two are very very good horses as well and it's going to be a very interesting race to watch but Mishriff over a shorter trip for him I think he's got the turn of foot to go past the other two but it will be a very very good race and uh, as I say like three international superstars all coming back to compete at Sandown it'd be great to watch so that's what we've got for you for the weekend mate and okay. uh, hopefully we'll have a few winners out okay thank you very much Dave thank you very much for that and we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again next week Will do, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Right, well, that was Dave Wilson up at uh, Harlequin Racing, and now we've got, of course, uh, the infamous cheeky chappy himself, Mr. Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. Um, cloudy here down in Somerset. What's it like with you today? Pretty rubbish, to be perfectly honest, Eddie. I wish uh, the sun would come out. It's neither here nor there, is it, really? But... Um... There we go. I suppose we can't complain. We had a hell of a lot of rain uh, the other day. I mean, a few days ago. Gosh, mm. never seen so much rain in my life. But no. um, hopefully it'll keep dry for the weekend because we've got some good race meetings up and down the country. You know, we've got uh, we've got Leicester, we've got Beverly, we've got Carlisle, uh, we've got a jump meeting. And, of course, we've got the Coral Eclipse at Sandown Park, which is 
fantastic and that's where i'll be heading off to can't wait it's just a great meeting good 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 so where are we starting this week then well let's start up at beverly up on the uh, east side of the country mm-hmm. and um beverly is a great track it's a really uh, friendly track and uh, you need a bit of luck there though you need horses that can act around there you need horses that you know get a good draw around there when it's uh, six seven furlongs um, they need to be quite low but to my first selection there runs in the four in the 217 it's called unks u-n-c-s it's trained by george bowie who's having a great year so far nicholas curry nicola curry takes the ride it was uh a good performance by it last time out, and I think it'll win again. Okay, Unks. What a name for a horse. I know it's a great name, isn't it? What a funny old name that is. It really is. But uh, no, it's, it's it's really good racing um, at uh, at Beverly. Mm-hmm. And uh, often, you know, I'm I'm quite sort of uh, I like to sort of try and pick uh, a, a winner or two there. You know, mm, absolutely. So uh, yeah. It's what we try and do. Anyhow, the second race on the card, don't fancy anything in that. And uh, I'll move on to the 327 race. Um, and this is a competitive little handicap. It's over five furlongs. So you do need something that is drawn quite low here. Um, and I could see <clears throat> possibly Tim Easterby's horse, East Street. Uh, review running a big, big race here. I don't think it's any good thing, but I think he's got an each-way chance at around about 7-1. to one. And then, at 4 we've got the Coconut Cup. It's a Phillies handicap. What wins it? Well, it's a competitive little race. I will say that for it. And we've got one or two sort of big owners and trainers in the race. But I think the winner is going to be a horse that won at Haydock and at Thirsk uh, this season. And it's called El Verica. And it runs in the 4.02. And that is at uh, at uh, Beverly. Okay. Um, and that's probably all I really, you know, fancy there at Beverly. Right. Um, moving, moving on to Haydock, Haydy, we've got the... Uh, a big meeting there. We've got the Lancashire Oaks for fillies and mares. This is a Group 2 race, and we've got some pretty nice horses there. You know, old uh, Frankel's doing so well, isn't he, as a stallion? Yeah. yeah. And he's he's got the favourite in this race. It's called Alpinster, and that's trained by Sir Mark Prescott. And I would say Alpinster is probably the one that they've all got to beat. But I'll tell you what, we have got... Um, we have got Dubai Foundation turning up uh, around about six to one. And this one, I mean, it's run some big races this year. It was, uh, you know, it ran at Chester and won that Chester race. It ran in our Oaks and was disappointing, but it bounced back at Ascot to finish fifth. Only beaten three lengths by Loving Dream. I think that's the main danger to it. And that's Dubai Fountain. But I do think that Alfista is a pretty useful horse um it was best run was probably went second to love at york last year um that was a really really good run in the yorkshire oaks and i think al pincer what's it called al pinster i think will win there at haydock park now we've got a historic race here it's called the old new cup it's a 
decent old race, the old Newton Cup. It's a race where, um, you know, we get some really, really good handicappers in this. Um, it's uh, almost like a heritage handicap, if you like. And, uh, yeah, we got some fairly decent horses in the race taking part. Um, Thomas Gray taxi rides for Roger Charlton here on a horse that ran quite well at Ascot the other day, only beaten seven lengths called Win O'Clock which I wouldn't put anybody off if they fancied that one. Uh, John and Daly Gosden run a horse in it called um, called Grand Bazaar. That's uh, not quite hit form this year, but wouldn't be the biggest surprise if this one did today. Um, and again, Luke Morris riding one for Sir Mark Prescott that's just had three runs, but it's one, two of them. Beat a horse called Raymond last time out. And, you know, that was fairly good form. I think the former Raymond, um, he was fourth at Newcastle last week and won at York the time before, is pretty strong. And I'll be honest, I think I'm going to go along with this one because, um, you know, Smart does well uh, once his horses get rolling. And he's got this horse called Long Cider. And I think, uh, not, not as in cider in the West Country, as in C-I-D-E-R. So that's the one that I fancy to win today so that's uh, that's the one to be on right. um, it's called yep uh, Long Cider S-I-D-E-R now I hope Mary's writing all these down I spoke to her last week and she seems in good form and um, yes yeah, she says she always likes listening to your programme AZ she good. says you sound you sound a really nice sort of bloke <laughs> so I did I did I did put her right yeah um, I thought you would but, yeah um, yeah it's very kind of her isn't it yeah that's absolutely a, yeah, a, yeah. Nice well done Mary thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> right on to the nursery at 3.50 and uh, what wins it well, George Bowie again has got a runner in this that uh, ran second at Salisbury at one at Windsor the time before that. Um, it's got some pretty good form. It's called Cashew. And uh, I don't think it would be the biggest um, surprise if Cashew went in. Although there's some quite decent horses in the race. Um, none less than Benzema has had three runs and could improve. Horse called BBX from Dwyer Stable, been knocking on the door, and, and Magic Warrior, of course, from the Richard Hannon Yard, uh, that was a winner at Brighton last time out, and wouldn't be the biggest surprise if this one went in. But I think probably Cashew will win. Um, Mark Rian takes a, a, a good three pounds off this horse's uh, weight, and I think uh, I think that's the danger to one and all. I really do. Okay. Uh, right. At um, 4.25, we got a right old race at 4.25. In fact, it's the easiest race that old Dan Zeno has had to cope with for a good while. He was beaten 12 lengths at um, Ascot the other day, but I think he probably just needed that run, and uh, it wasn't a bad run. So I'm going to go for old Dan Zeno around about 4-1 to one at Haydock Park in the 4.25. He's such a great horse. Um, he's won so many races in the past that uh, I don't think you can really... You know, leave him out in this uh, in this little race at uh, Haydock Park because there's not that many runners. So mm. I think he's got a real good chance. Okay, okay. Um, just been having a bit of a look at uh, at Leicester and Holly Doyle's riding at Leicester. She, she rides one in the cellar for Archie Watson, and um, 
you know, it hasn't run too badly in three races, and I think this will win. It's called Akakia. Uh, it's called Akakia, number six in the one o'clock at Leicester. Now, I suppose you have to say, but it's disappointing for Holly that she's not at um, Sandown Park today for the big one because her uh, her her um, other half is, you know, Tom Marquand is there riding a deer in the uh, Coral Eclipse race. But uh, in the second race, race, she rides a horse from Michael Bell called Hadara. Um, hasn't run, but wouldn't put anybody off back in it if they fancy it. Um, it's beautifully bred, as I say. It can probably win for the Archer Watson stable that's doing so well this year. Uh, and that's called Hedara. Um, a quick look at the other races there. Um, gosh. In the third race, she rides one for Roger Tottenham and Lady Bamford. It's been quite well beaten, called Dolphin, in its last few runs. So I'm not sure that's going to steam in. Um, there's a horse in the race called Realms of Love, uh, trained by Mark Johnson, that's been pretty consistent, hasn't uh, actually won a race yet. The horse called True Cottage, also. This is the 210 up there at Leicester. True Courage. Which, uh, True Courage, shall I say. I think that's the one that'll win. It yeah. won it um, rip, ripping last time out, and I'd be surprised if that didn't win, I'll be honest. Okay. Uh, right. Now, there's a horse that I think is a big improver. One at Brighton, one at Nottingham, and it runs in the 245 there at Brighton. And it's called, at Brighton, at one at Brighton, it's called Jewel in My Crown. And I think that will win uh, the 245 at Leicester. Real improver from the Ray Guest Yard. And boom, in it went the other day, as I say, at Brighton. And it's won since at Nottingham. It did look. A massive improver, and I think it will win again today. Jewel in my crown up there <clears throat> at Leicester. All right. Anyhow, I think we're going to move across to Sandown Park, if that's all right with you. It's fine with Saturday's me. Racing. Yeah. And we got an eight-race program. Uh, Coral, they are sponsoring all the races. We've got a very poor turnout, sadly, for the Coral Eclipse race, which is a bit of a shame, really, but um, that's the way it goes, I suppose you have to say. But um, there we go. And yeah, we'll see if we can find you a few winners here at uh, Sandown Park. As I say, James Doyle is riding uh, is riding here. And in the first race, he rides one called Spoof that was a winner last time out um, at Chester. And before that was second at Windsor. I'd say it'd go quite close because there's a little bit of cut in the ground, but it is drawn quite wide. So... I might move on from that one because sometimes um, the draw it pays a big part. It depends on what the weather does. There's a little bit of time to go. So if it dries out, um, draw eight won't be great. But if it stays like a little bit so on the soft side, then draw eight will be okay. So keep an eye on that, listeners, uh, with spoof. Right, the second race on the cards, the one that um, interests me a little bit more. And... Um, Ed Walker's horses are running very well, and he's got a horse in this race called Came From The Dark. Tom Marquand rides this one. I don't think this one will be too far away. Came From The Dark. It's, I think, still quite pretty well handicapped, and I don't think it will be too far away. It was just beaten last time out by a horse called Lazuli. Um, and I don't think it's going to be too much between them this time, but 
Um, I think Lazuli is a little bit, um, you know, I just think he, he could be beaten by Kane from the dark today. Right, yeah. On to the Coral Challenge handicap. Oh, some good horses running here. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned this horse on this program before, horse called uh, Montafum. Mm. And he has been a little bit disappointing, you have to say, but he carries top weight in our 225. And I wouldn't put anybody off backing him whatsoever. I really wouldn't. He's a horse that um, could just uh, get back on the winning trail soon. But so Frankie Dettori rides magical morning for John Gosden and didn't run badly at Royal Ascot. This horse, I think, could get back to winning ways today. That's magical morning in the 420, in the 225 um, at Sandam. Now, the Coral Distaff Phillies listed race, this is at three o'clock. Looks a real good race. And Ryan Moore is on a horse of Martin Meads called Statement. This was third um, at um, Epsom the other day in the Princess Elizabeth Stakes. It's done nothing wrong. It ran quite well in the Guineas before that was second to Alcohol Free. And, of course, Alcohol Free has gone on to um, Frank the Form by beating Sky Lam- Lantern in the Group 1 Coronation Stakes at um, Royal Ascot. So I really think this horse has got a serious chance of winning. That statement in our three o'clock at Sandown. On to the Coral Eclipse. And uh, in this race, it's an interesting, uh, interesting race. Um, only four runners go to post. We've got St. Mark's Basilica, uh, Basilica. They, of course, won the French Guineas. We've got El Drama, who uh, a lot of people wouldn't back with stolen money. It's 25 to 1. We've got Miss Riff, who, of course, has ended up in the King George, the Judmont, um, the Irish champions. You know, it's a great horse, this one, a really good horse. And uh, John Gosden says this has been the plan for this horse, a good winner of a nice listed race last year. And then he's come forward since then. But he is held by Adjep, uh in this race, but he was a good winner in May Dam. And also... Uh, he won the Saudi Cup in that uh, Riyadh. So he's there, you know, he's a very good horse. Um, and then there's Adair, because Adair, ridden by Marquand, he won at, uh, at uh, Randwick, of course. He won the Longines Queen Elizabeth Stakes, the Group 1 race there um, back in the winter. And also a winner, you know, of uh, some great races abroad, including the Melbourne Cup. So... It's a toss-up between them. I think I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the John Gosden also Mishriff. I think he's pretty good, and I think he's probably got a bit of an improvement in him. So that's what I'm going to go with. Number two, Mishriff. Colin, why do you think there's so few entries when you've got a prize fund of three hundred and forty thousand pounds, and yet only four runners? Why, why, why is that? Do you think? It's ridiculous, isn't it? I suppose the main thing is you see to enter in the race costs. Uh, I don't know how exactly how much it costs. It can be you can look it up if you look onto the Weatherbees or the BHA website. To but to enter in the race costs a good few quid. So a lot of people think, well, my horse won't be good enough to enter for that. And then all of a sudden, you see that there's not too many runners uh, in the race, 
um, or you think there potentially there's not going to be. So then you could do a bit of a late entry thing, but then that costs you a few quid. And if you always wanted soft ground or good ground or fast ground or something, and the weather went against you, then all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking I'm risking a few thousand quid to maybe pick up just fifth prize money. So it's a disgrace that there aren't more runners in the race because there's plenty of trainers and big owners that have got plenty of good horses that could run in the race. Um, so the answer to your question really is, you know, come on, big trainers, we are big owners, get an end to them up, take a chance, even if there might be 10 or 20 pounds between them in the handicap, you know, give it a go. It's ridiculous that they don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You have been told, um, owners. You have been told, owners, get get your money out. Right, what wins the next one? There's a 410 there, it's a handicap. Uh, Macron, I think, has got a chance with... Um, with uh, Doyle in the saddle, man of the night, Richard Hannon's horse. Uh, he doesn't often get hold of, uh, of of Ryan Moore these days unless he's got a real big chance. He's got one here with man of the night. Pivioni, another nice horse, a winner at Haydock, beating Chichester the other day. Um, and Chichester, I think, has come out of Frank the Form <clears throat> and won since at Carlisle. So that form's pretty good. I might go with that one. Uh, Andrew Gordon's Pivioni. He's a seven-year-old, but he's a blooming good old horse. And he runs in the 4.10 at, um, at Sandown Park. It's a really good racing for Saturday. It's absolutely brilliant racing. It really is. Um, right. The next race is the 4.45. Um, typical man was second at Epps at uh, Chelsea. Uh, when well, we're talking Newbury the other day, um, we've got some pretty decent runners in this race. Tom Ward, who's doing well, uh, he has managed to win with Farside Lane. It's about a six to one chance, not without a chance. Mark uh, Johnson runs a horse called Bowman in the race, who's been a little bit disappointing since winning at Lingfield. Um, Frankie the Tory rides. So, what wins the race? Well, I honestly think that it could easily go to um, a horse <clears throat> that I think just has got a decent-ish form um, called Farsi Lane here, Tom Ward's. Uh, second and final watch the other day, he's knocking on the door. He's, I think, reasonable handicap, and I think he's got a good chance, maybe, of getting back in the winner's enclosure, Farsi Lane. Uh, the last race on the card... It looks interesting, and uh, Tom Marquand rides for Haggis here. He rides a horse that's won its last two for Her Majesty the Queen called Wink of an Eye. Won at Newmarket, won at Haydock. Looks an improver. Um, firmly on the up. Overcame difficulties to score last time out at Newmarket. It was a strong pace. If the ground dries out, it would be even better for it. Although it has won in God's good soft, it's won on good to firm as well, and I think this will win the lucky at 7.15 at Sandan Park. That's the lucky last. It's Her Majesty the Queen's Wink of an Eye. Right. And that's your lot. OK, thank you very much indeed. Let's hope there's some winners there. Well, I think there are. I think there are some winners there. Mm. Um, you know, I think we can uh, we can get the job done on Saturday. What about last year? What, sorry? Last uh, week. What about last week? Not last, last week. Year. How did I do last uh, Hang on a minute. Let me look in your little book. <clears throat> last week. Uh, right. One, two, two. 
Oh. <laughs> that's not so good. You wish you had an arse oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had an arse now. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, um, there we go. Life at the bottom. Yeah, but, and, you know... Yeah. Listen, you've have had, a great weekend. You've had some We've good had runs, weeks, though, we? haven't you? So uh, you don't want to get too despondent exactly. about that. Exactly. Let's hope the listeners have a great weekend, and uh, we shall enjoy speaking to you all next week. Okay, well, you have a good, uh, a good day at uh, Sandown Park. I will try. Take it easy. God bless you. Thank you. Well, that just about brings us to the end of the show. Thank you, Colin, and thank you all our guests today. And uh, don't forget to join us again next week, same time, same station. Uh, But in the meantime, have a good week and keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye.